Warning, the following program features content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Bo Cephas Broadcast. Greetings, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 26 of the Bo Cephas Broadcast. Glad to be back with you in the basement for another week of shenanigans across the World Wide Web. Another lengthy one coming at you today, so let's get right down to business. We are dog-sitting as this is being recorded. Uh, So sorry for any excess noise in the background because these pups are quite hyperactive. They don't know how to leave each other alone, but that's fine. Uh, Surprisingly enough, they've been pretty quiet so far. It's weird. Like, I don't know. Last night, they they didn't hardly allow me to sleep at all. But then while I'm doing this, they've been quiet so far. So it's it's a weird situation to be in. But if there's any excess noise in the background, I apologize. I'm not too worried about it. I'd care more if I didn't play a gig last night and get home at 3 a.m. And they, you know, kind of were rustling around the rest of the night. But anyway, more great things have been happening over the past week. Casey Carr, in a continually developing story, made the front page of the Hawkeye, which is a newspaper in nearby Burlington, Iowa, for the the C&H tattoo. The sugar train keeps on rolling. Casey and his wife, Heidi, are front and center on the Saturday edition of the Hawkeye. Above... A story about President Jimmy Carter getting released from the hospital for heat-related illness while he's building houses for Habitat for Humanity. That's saying something, that that, uh, Casey and his wife are above Jimmy Carter in the paper? We have done something here, folks. Crazy. We are living in the future. And speaking of Man Country-related items, tonight, uh, Fort Worth Cafe in Keokuk unveiling its newest Man Country menu item, the Man Country Cow Pig. This is a bacon cheeseburger topped with pulled pork and dressed to your desire with whatever else you want on it. I cannot wait for this naturally, despite being exhausted. I'm going to make the trip over because I want to be part of the big reveal, and I like food. If you've seen me lately, I like food. But that's not all. More great news coming at you. This show is now available on Spreaker, and yes, now available on YouTube as well. Thank you, kids. Very exciting. Very exciting. Thanks. Uh, and thanks a lot in in uh, all sincerity. A lot of tireless work from Rick Mancrush of the Poop Culture Podcast. He has been uh, hard at work over the past week integrating a lot of this stuff. And and his efforts mean a lot to me in, in doing that for myself and the show. Uh, so thank you, Rick, if you're listening, because I'm sure I've had a lot of dumb questions for him along the way, too. So uh, it's all part of this, you know, big aggressive expansion thing. And hopefully it'll bring some new listeners to... Uh, to uh, all the shows that are now part of the Poop Culture Extended Universe. So if you're a Spreaker user, uh, search for the Bocephus Broadcast or any other great shows that are part of the Poop Culture Extended Universe, including uh, shows like the Mockers Podcast, Boondoggle, and Naturally Poop Culture Podcast is available on there as well. So you can do the same on YouTube uh, if you want to. So just, you know, more ways that uh, you can enjoy the show and enjoy these shows that now accompany it. So check it out. Anyway, today's show... Episode 26, a lot of fun to do. Uh, joining us today are Maggie Mayfield and Mark James. Maggie and I used to kind of work together for a radio company. I was based here in Quincy. She was based in Kankakee, Illinois. And if I remember correctly, uh, Maggie took over as the program director of the Kankakee station that I was programming remotely from Quincy. Something to that effect. I, I don't know. It's been quite a while, but I think that was kind of the gist of it. So Maggie and I have never met in person, but it, it feels like I've known her for actually most of my life. In fact, I, I've told other people that that Maggie is essentially the female version of me. And hopefully she doesn't take that as like detrimental as like a negative comparison. But it's kind of accurate. Both radio nerds, 
both do the side hustle of you know commercials and voiceovers and both have some sort of entertainment side hustle she a comedian and of course me a moonlighting musician so there, there's a lot of parallels between the similarities um maggie works for iheart out in la which is a, kind of a dream job for me i think a lot of people and we discuss that uh, later on in the show she also has a podcast called y tune shuffle and if you haven't heard it yet, please look it up because it, it's super cool. It's a very cool show and it's really well put together. And I think if you like my show, you're definitely going to enjoy Y-Tune Shuffle. So look it up, listen, and subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And our other guest today, Mark James. Again, somebody I've never met, but I feel like I've known for quite a while. I uh, connected with Mark thanks to a Craigslist ad for a black market spleen. Just kidding. Mark, of course, is part of the other show that I've been fortunate enough to guest on multiple times, and that is the Poop Culture Podcast. And I've been kicking around the idea of, of talking radio with some other folks that are in or have been in the field. And I think Mark and Maggie were the perfect pair to have on today to do that. So if you like what you hear on this episode and you'd like to hear more Radio Roundtable down the line, please leave some feedback on Facebook, Twitter, or as always, you can email BoCephasBroadcast at gmail.com. So stick around. Up next, my chat with Maggie Mayfield and Mark James during a radio roundtable right here on the BoCephas Broadcast. The BoCephas Broadcast. Looking for the best threads on the internet? Look no further than Smirks.net. Tees, hoodies, tanks, and hats for men and women. Ron Jeremy, Turbo from Breakin' and Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo, Vigo the Carpathian, and more. Find it all at Smirks.net. Smirks.net. That's S-M-Y-R-X.net. Use the code PCEU for 15% off your order. Smirks.net. For the freshest and most dope shirts you'll find. Smirks.net. Now, back to the Bocephus Broadcast. My guests today not only share the common thread of working in or having worked in radio, but they're also my biological parents. Maggie Mayfield is a comedian, a voiceover actress, co-host of the Y-Tune Shuffle podcast, and currently works for iHeart in Los Angeles. Mark James, you may know him as the original baby driver, browser of previously owned donation items. You can currently catch him perched in front of his bargain bin velvet Elvis Presley tapestry on the Poop Culture podcast. Each of them joins me now to reminisce and commiserate about our time in the realm of broadcast radio. Guys, super great to have you here. Thank you for joining me today. This oh. is the best, Bo. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Bo. It, it, it's, it's great. It's great to return the favor to you, Mark, after you took me under your wing. <laughs> Jeez, I, I just know <laughs> talent when I hear it coming from you know the world of radio, and it's like, wow, I wish I had this guy's talent when oh, I was his age. Man, so. just love to Ooh. knock socks off. I hate to, you know, sorry, Mark, it's ladies first, but so Maggie, tell me how you, um, tell me how you got into radio and why you chose to go down the, the dark path. Oh God, this is actually a really messed up story. I, um, it was by accident. I actually wanted to be on Broadway. I went to New York to study musical theater and then nine 11 happened. And so when I came back home, I was looking for a refrigerator in my brand new apartment with my best friend. And this is when advertisements still worked in newspapers. And so I'm looking for a refrigerator. <laughs> there was an ad for a school for radio school. And I was like, radio's like acting, but no one sees you. It'll be awesome. I went and turns out I was really good and had a job like three months into the program. So, and then I just kept going. And here we are years later all the way at the top of the food chain i know isn't that crazy did you ever think you'd end up at iheart or do you um, know like one of the big i guess conglomerates maybe 
No. And it's funny. I walk around feeling like an imposter. I feel like, like, just keep your chin up and no one will know. <laughs> you know, like, no one needs to find out that you don't belong here. That girl's <laughs> a hack. She's got a dirty secret. Look at her. <laughs> but I'm doing something right. So they put me on the, actually, this is exciting. They just put me on the air in Dallas. So I'm doing Ooh. something called voice tracking in Dallas now. So Well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Mark, I know you're no longer in the field, but but same question for you. How'd you how'd you get into it? Well, that's uh, an interesting story as well. Goes all the way back to my high school days as a total slacker, and uh, <laughs> found out a really cool trick that you could cut class if you just told them, "Oh, I got to go to the guidance counselor's office." So <laughs> I'd just go sit in the guidance counselor's office and and do nothing. <laughs> and in walks a gentleman one day who had a meeting set up. He was a college recruiter. And uh, the person no-showed that he had the meeting set up with. So he announces, well, who was the person that was interested in, in broadcasting and journalism? So I raised my hand. I'm interested in it, I said. So <laughs> pulls me in the back room. We have a college interview impromptu style. And lo and behold, the next fall, I was packing my bags and on my way to the New England School of Communications. Oh, wow. That's so cool. So I was the first person to receive their bachelor's degree. And uh, communications. Really? Yeah. They, you're uh, only you're a, a man of first time things, aren't you? I am. I am. You never forget <laughs> your first time. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> so you had, uh, you had the college, you had a college show, right? Yeah. I had a, a show in college for four years or five years because I actually did a year of graduate school uh -huh. um, after my bachelor's and it was a, a specialty show. Uh, if you applied for it and they thought you were good enough, they'd let you break format from the, the typical radio station format we had. And you could come up with a specialty show. So I had a show for four years uh, called Strange Brew. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. It was a uh, menagerie of jam bands and psychedelic rock bands, all the stuff from like, you know, The Grateful Dead, Blues Traveler, Fish, Jimi Hendrix, The Doors. So we played a lot of that stuff and I had different segments and I had characters that would come on from time to time for his special guests. And it was uh, the time of my life and I really fell in love with radio. And shortly after graduating, I realized that the real world is not like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so I applied to many radio stations out of college and I even implied techniques that I had learned from one of my mentors in college who was a award-winning journalist and broadcaster for many years and he said when you're applying to places don't just send a resume because they're just going to they're going to be in a stack of papers so do yeah. something special you know he once sent a uh, a ship in a bottle with some baseball <laughs> cards from the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks in the bottle to a radio station in Arizona and he got wow. the job wow so, I had printed my resume on tie-dyed paper and then put it inside a wall-mountable plaque and put it in a giant box and mailed it to a, <laughs> to, to a station. Did you get the job? I did not. Oh. But the tie-dyed paper did get me a call back on one of them, and the lady was going to hire me, fresh out of college, as the assistant program director for a new Dang. rock station. Whoa. You'd have been so, great for that. I would have. And... Uh, she was all ready to hire me, and I didn't hear from her for about a week or two, so I called her back to let it to, you know, to find out when the start date would be. And she's like, 
Sorry, the station just got bought. We're switching formats. Uh. No. Yeah, and that was as close as I ever came, other than doing some remote broadcasts for a festival um, that we had up in Maine, the Lobster Festival. And I was doing the remote broadcast, interviewing the crowds leading up to that night's entertainment, which was the vocal stylings of one Mr. Chubby Checker. Ah. So... <laughs> What a delight. I want to talk about I want to talk about remotes. Uh, most people probably don't know what remotes are, but they're basically they're a, a live broadcast on location somewhere. And when Maggie and I were working together or kind of in a weird <laughs> remote roundabout way, you did a ton of remotes. It seemed like like more than more than I was doing. So what I mean, what was your favorite part of, of being out in public and meeting with who were most often creepers, but sometimes some nice people? Did we do that many? I'm trying to think. Um, Compared to me, yeah, it seemed like yeah, it. I, you know, here's the thing. When you go on remotes, there's a reason and there's like a call to action. So people come to you mostly because they want to win something. Yeah. But the trick is to get them to go there to buy something from your advertiser. Right. So I always like when people come up and watching people win something, even if it's something as small as a t-shirt, is the best. Right. You know, like just how excited <laughs> yeah. they is. I don't know. There's just something fun about getting all into it even when you get like those scratch off lottery tickets you're like i want a dollar you know like <laughs> this is tits uh, so i mean that was really the best and then hearing like people come up to you and hearing them tell you how much they make you you know you make them laugh or you make them cry yeah. or think or feel or mostly laugh hopefully um when you're on the radio so yeah that's the best part about the remotes i've got a few horror stories <laughs> oh go for them because i was gonna ask like for me it was always like kind of like freeloaders they'd be like what do you got for free can i have a t-shirt can i have three more t-shirts from my family that's not here oh yeah i mean those are people that like call in to win things anyway like you just won yesterday you can't win again (laughs) (laughs) there's a 30-day limit (laughs) call back um but yeah i um i have messed up (laughs) oh my god quite a few station vehicles in my time <laughs> being like, Are you I'm a like bad driver? uh no that's the thing but whenever for whatever reason when i get in a vehicle that has stickers on it um <laughs> i turn into a monster like <laughs> she one time, knocks a satellite off the top you know uh, the most <laughs> infamous story that ever happened i was working for a station in southern california called k frog and i had to drive one of those bit it's called a box truck but it looks like a gigantic u-haul truck like yeah. second level you know mm-hmm. full of stuff so this festival we had to go to we had to blow up our inflatable our frog inflatable and you have to tie it down to the truck and you use a generator to fill up all with the air but (laughs) two things happened that day um i took that box truck and the festival was on the other side of a parking garage that i couldn't figure out how to get on the other side i'm the only (laughs) one in the car driving meeting um our promotions team over there and i couldn't figure it out so i was like well i guess i just gotta go through it and i went in and the sign that says clearance, six feet, you know, five inches or whatever, um, I didn't make it. <laughs> I went <laughs> through the sign and it starts like scratching the top. I was like, well, I guess if I made it that far, it'll be fine. So I just kept going and I get into the middle of the parking garage and all of a sudden the top of the, the truck hits a light and it just <laughs> crashes all the way down <laughs> the front oh. of the vehicle. And I was like, oops. This is bad. This is really bad. And mind you, it's got the sticker of the station on it. So it's like, whatever I do, people are going to know this was K-Frog. You just <laughs> lean your head out the window. That wasn't me. 
Oops, my bad. <laughs> Should I write him a note? You just back uh, up and go back towards it again. So to- I back up just a little bit, and all of a sudden these pipes start falling down, these like copper pipes that are holding all the electricity, and I'm freaking out. <laughs> and I'm looking around, and all of a sudden this guy starts running down. He's like, stop, stop, stop. I'm like, oh, God. I'm going to get fired before my career gets started. This is terrible. Um, but I let a stranger get in and help me navigate and back out to get the stupid thing out. So it was fine. And all the scratches were on top. So nobody knew. And, uh, and that was it. And I just left it. I was, I think like 19 at the time. And I was like, (laughs) so nobody's going to find out. Okay. So Uh, nobody ever did find out. Did anyone bring it up? I never got in trouble for that. However, that same day, that (laughs) (laughs) that same day, uh, I finally figured out how to get around to the other side. And the promotions team is just me and another girl who's probably 100 pounds soaking wet. Tiny little girl, Anna, sweet. Um, and we still have to set up this inflatable frog. And so we get the generator all going, plug the frog in so that it starts blowing up. And um, it's just the two of us. And we have to somehow figure out how to tie it down to this truck when it's a four-person job. And so I'm on one side and she's on the other side. And the wind picks up and blows the frog over right onto the generator and it burns a gigantic <laughs> football size hole into the side of this this frog oh my god it was awful and she looks at me and she's crying and she's like this is a ten thousand dollar mistake and we're gonna get fired and i look at her i was like well we could cry about it or we could continue folding t-shirts and setting up equipment so that way the talent's ready to go when they're here <laughs> and so she's like freaking out and i was like okay well i guess it's all it's i'm just gonna do it by myself and uh marched into the office on Monday and I was like, yeah, wind, you know, like, what do you want me to do? You put two people on this job that should have been four people. So sorry. And, uh, and then that was it. And then I heard nothing of it from it again. So, um, that always seems like like, the case. They send you, they send one or two people to do like, like you said, a four person job. I remember (laughs) having to set up one of those, like, you know, awning tents that like expands and collapses in the pouring rain in a windstorm simultaneously and I'm outside doing a remote where obviously nobody's going to show up and I'm booked there for two hours just standing there like a moron getting, you know, soaked, soaked. Yeah. yeah. And, and nobody's and like, you can come inside, you know, yeah. like, well, you no, to- I can't, you know, all the crap's out were- here. And you were barefoot on the side of a hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Technology obviously is a big part of this job, um, and Mark and I had kind of talked about this previously. Like, um, you know, the way the, the way the job is done and convenience factors and things like that. What have you seen change, like for the better? What are things you wish were available? Like, Mark, you and I talked about carts. Like, you, did you say you used carts, or you were just kind of on the cusp of coming out of that? When I first started broadcasting school, I was the last student. Well, not the last student, the last graduating class that they even bothered teaching block and blade editing to. Yes. So and for all you youngsters out there that have no <laughs> clue what that is, you know, audio cassettes and carts and CDs didn't always exist. So before we had that, we had giant reels of tape and you had a reel to reel machine. And if you wanted to edit a piece out of the recording, you had to mark the tape physically with a grease pencil take the reels off, put it on a giant block of wood and splice the tape with a razor blade and then put it back together with tape. Yeah. And uh, yeah. there were people out there that were good enough to do that technique and take syllables out of words. I never got that good, but that's, that's like, yeah, that's like such a, I mean, I'm glad I don't have to do that, but, but part of me, which is I would have 
learn to do that, you know? It's it's an art. It really is. Yeah. Um, because not only are you using your voice to record the content and then you have to write it and produce it, you also physically kind of have to make it too because you have to have such a steady hand and know how to maneuver the tape and where to mark it and make your cuts and tape it together, right? So it's almost like doing arts and crafts at the same time. <laughs> but our radio station, everything was still run on carts. Um, so all of our spots and stuff, for my fir- at least for my first year, everything was on a cart system. And then by my second and third year, uh, digital editing had just came out. So we got a computer in the studio and learned how to digitally edit audio from there. Hey, Mark, when you were using carts, the machines, when you want to erase a cart, did you ever get your wallet stuck or like on on the bulk eraser? Yes. Yeah. We used to have some fun with people with the bulk (laughs) eraser. (laughs) (laughs) That was the, uh, that was the big joke for, for a while is you just steal people's stuff and then just go put it on the bulk (laughs) eraser. (laughs) Uh. But yeah, that. And people these days, good luck going to a radio station these days and trying to find a bulk eraser, which if you don't know what it is, it's a giant electromagnet that is really powerful that you have to turn on with a switch or a button and the magnetic force field will erase anything that's uh, on audio tape. The joke was when I was going to school, because we had the carts also, I was don't put your, don't put your credit card near there. Otherwise (laughs) all your information will be gone and then it won't work. Yep. That was the big threat. It's weird that stations just keep that stuff, though. You know, like some well, of the ones that. What are they going to do with it? Yeah, I know. I, how do you unload it? But also at the same time, you could put like more new equipment in those spots. You know, it's just I don't know. It's weird. We have yeah. a graveyard at iHeart, allegedly, of stuff like that: reel to reels, carts, Ooh. old boards. Ooh. And I tell, I'm like, show me to the graveyard. I want that stuff. I want it <laughs> in my house. Like, give it to me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I'd be. I'd be like, ooh, I get to do a retro man cave. Give me old equipment. <laughs> Right. But it'd be functional. Like you'd know how to use it. It's not like right. But yeah. even so, it'd be cool. Like you know, like decoration. You would think iHeart would would see some cash cow kind of stuff, and unless they're creating like you know the Radio Hall of Fame, which I, does that hang, exist? Like, yeah, hang all my Polaroids it in does. those cart. Just use reel to reels as coasters. Yeah, right. <laughs> you see Mark cringing. He doesn't like that idea. No, I'm. I'm I love that idea. I want to redo this room now in all just uh, old radio stuff. <laughs> I was so actually good. out looking for a pair of like classic 70s big old headphones. Yeah. And, you like know, the pilot love, headphones. Yes. I'd love to get like an old mic and, you know, just uh, make it look like the inside of WKRP or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We talked about like you know the old technology, but Maggie, you work for obviously one of the biggest companies in in radio. What are are there like crazy cool pieces of technology that iHeart has that would blow most like small market people's minds? Um, I mean everything's gorgeous. Um, it's so streamlined, which is cool. But I mean, it's I've worked in a lot of different markets. Everything from like Podunk, Kankakee, Illinois, <laughs> to Seattle to now Los Angeles. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of different markets and I mean, it looks the same. Um, But what's crazy about LA is that there's so many buttons on the board that every single button does something, um, (laughs) (laughs) which is cool and simultaneously very annoying because now you have to remember what it does. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, what, what it's for. Um, 
But what I think is really interesting is that they use a Vox Pro. I don't know if you guys have ever had to use these. I haven't seen one since I first started in radio, but it's like a, a little machine. It's got a little circular dial in the middle, and it's literally just for editing phone calls. But not since the first station I've ever worked in. I haven't used one because we've always edited calls in Adobe Audition, mm, which yeah. is a digital. Yeah, so I never could figure like, out how to use those things. Never yeah, figured it out. I mean, it's, I mean, it's the same, really, but if you want to transfer audio from your 360 to, let's say, your Adobe Audition, it's just like, it's, why do we need this? <laughs> like, what is this for? <laughs> you cut uh, out the middleman. Yeah, it's weird. But, um, yeah, no, everything is just go- is gorgeous. It's like so up to date and like everything that they use it's, there's so many people that do very specific things so you have one person that deals just specifically for like computer issues and then one person that's specifically like software issues and um you know just the board and then uh anything i mean literally like anything you can think of people do like very specific jobs but then again we have eight stations in the building and if they did more than one job they'd be so far behind in work so mm-hmm. right but yeah it's just it's crazy how cool it is to work there um oh yeah it's like it is it's like intimidating <laughs> it's just so streamlined and so big and well, so it, many people that's the dream ultimately sure. because <laughs> you know coming out of broadcasting school for me that's just when satellite radio started. That's when a lot of the large radio corporations started buying up in, in your local markets. Mm-hmm. And that's when internet radio started really starting to emerge. So local radio is kind of dead now. And all the worthwhile career radio jobs are jobs like that you have or working for Sirius or, you know, iHeartRadio or any of these large yeah. radio conglomerates like spotify that it's more even online driven now rather than satellite yeah which is weird that you'll hear because a lot of the producers and board operators um board ops here they do they work for sirius and they work for dash radio i mean they're right. all in los angeles and so it's interesting like the way that they'll hustle you know because it's all board op jobs and and iheart are minimum wage jobs and so yeah. unless you got like a cool gig producing a show like I do, um, you do need to hustle and you do need to um, keep working. And so to stay in the business, they all have two, sometimes three jobs in radio. And then they'll drive out um, to places, we call it the IE, but it's the Inland Empire. And they've got another conglomerate of radio stations out that way that people will go out and get on the air in and then drive down to San Diego or Bakersfield. So the hustle is strong. Yeah, even though the technology has changed, the hustle really hasn't. I mean, it's still not as as fun of a job as radio is, and it's something that you do because you have a passion and a love for it. It's not something that you're going to get famous or make a lot of money doing. I mean, yeah. I had it's still like it was when I was in college. I had a, a friend of mine who wanted a job at uh, a local rock station. He applied for it, put in his skimmer tape and audition tape. And he beat. He was good enough to beat out the thirty to fifty other applicants for the on-air job. So yeah. they're like, "Great, you know, we we love you. We're going to put you on every single day." You're yeah. like, "Oh, great, full-time radio job." Well, average shift is only four hours, mm-hmm. and you only make minimum wage. Yeah. So then he's like, "All right, well, I'll deliver pizzas or do whatever to make it up." You know, that's still like twenty hours a week. Yeah. Oh, oh no. You go in on Monday morning and voice track everything in three hours and then go home and you get a paycheck for $20 at the end of the week. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's insane. So, yeah. It's insane. What I find is really interesting, um, 
and I'm sorry to jeopardize the conversation, but what I find is really interesting is that the way that technology has changed, it's so online driven now. And there's such a need for an online presence and radio no longer is that mystery voice. It really is like you online on Facebook and knowing your audience on Twitter and on Instagram and on Snapchat even. And so my job is so specific to social media and I manage um, my on-air talents, social media presence, his online presence, writing blogs and making sure that the website looks really good for him and, um, this is bizarre how specific it is. And having started in radio where it was like, we need to be out handing out stickers and handing out t-shirts and out on every corner and like shaking hands and, you know, like that, that is no longer as important as it is to be in front of you on the computer. So it's just, it's an interesting transition in the 14 years I've been doing it. So. Yeah. I was told like recently, one of the, um, I was talking to somebody that worked at, at one of the one of the larger you know groups or whatever, and he said that it's more like you said more online you know based now that the radio part of it is kind of just an extension of a, a content thing, you know, like more of yeah. a like contributing news type, like like a radio extension of like a Buzzfeed or something like that. Right. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, and I'm glad you brought that up because, like I had said before, local radio these days is pretty much dead. What's taken its place is online radio and podcasts. Mm-hmm. That has become your your new local radio, and people just listen on demand over the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, we'll come back to podcasts, but I want to ask you guys: Do you remember your first day on air? Like the first song you play, the first you know, like the the jitters and all that stuff. Oh. I don't oh, yeah. remember I don't remember the very first song I played, but I remember one of the first songs I played and the first good talk up that I ever had. And it was the first big talk up I ever had was uh, Sunshine of Your Love by Cream. Ah. And I actually got to throw in my little tidbit in there that I always talk about with that story is and that's when Cream recorded that album, Ginger Baker, the drummer, was so inebriated at the time that they actually had to duct tape the sticks to his hands <laughs> when they recorded. So if you listen to the drum beat for the first 20 or 30 seconds of the song, it's really sloppy and lame. And then he kind of realizes, oh, man, I'm recording an album here and kind of straightens out. But that's me every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Tape the guitar to his hands. Maggie, what was your first uh, your first day like on air? Um, full time, I don't remember, but I do remember I got to when I went from doing street team stuff to finally becoming a board operator at that station, K Frog. I had to work Christmas Eve, and we played back. Do you, I don't know if you guys remember, but the network, like Premier Networks, would send these CDs where yeah. you would play them you know, it'd be like a 15 minute track and then you'd have to stop down for your own commercials, weather, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they would fill the hour that way. Well, I was on, I did that for Leanne Rimes. She put together a Christmas special and I had to board up that. It was like a two hour show. And in between I got to do uh, the weather and I thought that was the coolest thing. Uh, (laughs) Once an hour or whatever. I got to, that was my first time getting on the air. I got to say that it was 50 degrees in Southern California and here's more Leanne rhymes, whatever it was. <laughs> well, people, people would call in and they would like request songs. Cause they really thought that Leanne rhymes was there, but being a female, I didn't understand what they were asking. So this family called in from Kentucky cause they were listening online, I'm guessing, uh, obviously. And so they would call in and they're like, Oh, is this Leanne rhymes? And I said, yeah, 
thinking like, yeah, that's who's on the air right now. Didn't know that they thought it was me. And so all of a sudden, like the phone lines would not stop ringing because they thought that I was Leanne. So I just played along. I was like, yeah, I'm Leanne Rhymes and I wrote a song and we're on the radio right now. And I'm so glad that y'all could be listening. And this is so great. <laughs> I'm so glad you went that route instead of just being like, no, it's all pre-recorded. Oh, no, that's boring. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's like professional wrestling. You got to keep the illusion alive. That's right. Oh, yeah. Don't break kayfabe. (laughs) Yes, I'm Leanne Rons. I'm in a small town, Southern California. (laughs) 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 Hanging out on Christmas Eve. That's how I choose to spend. I like Leanne Rhymes is going to go to our radio station on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Give me a break. Maggie, I know you've interviewed some some notable people on air. Um, uh-huh. Who is your favorite? Oh, man. I know that's a loaded question to ask, yeah. you know, like radio people, but yeah, maybe uh, at least I'll a few it. standouts that you really enjoyed. Okay. Val Kilmer came into the station not too long ago, and oh, he wow. was just a treasure. Um, he was so fantastic. He's had um, quite a bout with like throat cancer lately, and yeah. so he's been slurring a lot, and it's a little difficult to understand him. However, once the interview was done, um, I we just got to hang out, and he's such a cool dude, and we were playing Mission Impossible down the halls of iHeartRadio as I'm showing him <laughs> around. Just finger guns and like singing our own theme song. I mean, literally just crouching around. It was fun. It was just like, all right, this, we're, why are we taking this so serious? You know, whatever. So yeah. he was definitely one of my favorites. Mark, you've, I mean, obviously on Poop Culture, you guys have interviewed a lot of, uh, a lot of cool people. Who's your favorite on the Mark, podcast interview? C- certainly not a Val Kilmer. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Jeez. But you guys, you guys had uh, Brian O'Halloran. We just had Clerks. Brian O'Halloran. And uh, that, I think, might have been one of my favorite interviews that we've done. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Smith's Clerks. I got to meet him at Comic-Con. My wife accosted him in the middle of the Nile. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's the most uncharacteristic thing I've ever seen my wife do. And <laughs> she had asked, honey, what do you want for our anniversary? It was our anniversary that weekend. I told her, hey, you know, why don't you do a little something outside of your comfort zone? <laughs> so, uh, well. so in the middle of Comic-Con, she uh, jumps up from behind the table and stops Brian O'Halloran in the hall in the uh, in the aisle and says, hey, it's uh, my husband and ours wedding anniversary. He's a huge fan of your work. Can we all get a photo together? So we did. And then we got to, I got to talk to Brian O'Halloran. Wow. And tell him that, uh, you know, we, had, we interviewed his co-star, Marilyn Gigliotti, on the show, which was a thrill as well. And he came on the show after that. That's so, so. cool. I want to ask you guys, who are, who are like, who are the top people that you'd like to interview, given the opportunity? Wow. Right? Um, on the air, on the podcast, or both? Either. Living or dead? Um, we can open that up. We'll go living or dead. Go for it. All right. Well, oh, geez. You would, if you're opening it up to living or dead, I mean, you could go as far as, yes, I want to interview Christ because just, <laughs> just the chance of doing that would solve so many problems in the world. Um, yeah, but no, I mean, you know, like Jimi Hendrix would have been really an interesting interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Garcia back in the late 80s um, before he passed away. And then, you know, I think of people that just from my own personal life, I would love to just sit down and have a chat with uh, Chris Claremont, writer of X-Men, John Popper from Blues Traveler. Yes. Just people that I am just 
absolutely enamored with. I've been a blues traveler fan um, as long as back as I can remember, you know, I've have a bunch of his harmonicas here that I've gotten at different concerts wow. and, you know, just to sit down and talk with somebody that you as a fan have watched their career from the yeah. beginning to where they are now. So, you know, the rest retrospective as a fan and just to be able to talk with them, you know, I mean, yeah, of course you're going to geek out a bit, but yeah. Maggie? Yeah. Um, Paul Rudd would be on the top of the list. Good call. Uh, Judd Apatow, Mark Marin. Yeah. Um, I do a com, I do a, a podcast where we interview comedians. So that's kind of exactly where my mind went, but, uh, yeah, Louis C.K., Janine Garofalo. I think Ron Lynch would be amazing. Um, yeah, just there's so many. <laughs> I know that's such a like I said a loaded question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is there? Is there anything that kind of like ruined radio for you? Like maybe kind of spoiled the dream, or maybe didn't quite live up to your expectation when you finally started? Yeah, the fact that you can't make a living at it. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're like howard stern right right but i mean that's one in a, a million that's, yeah luck of the draw type of thing luck of the draw right place right time and yeah was stupid and crazy enough to try something different and right. rock the boat i mean not everybody has that luxury so, so that kind of turned you off of it yeah it just the industry has changed so much where if you look at how radio was in the 50s 60s and 70s i mean local radio was the pillar of a community mm -hmm. yes, you knew all, all the businesses you knew all the bands you were responsible for introducing the teenagers to what was popular you know you were a celebrity and you were an important pillar of the community provided a snowstorm you could call the police to get transportation to the station <laughs> because you were a pillar of the community and have to get the information out i remember learning about that in broadcasting school and thinking that's the coolest thing ever. I can yeah. sequester a, 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 a police escort to work in the morning if I have to. You know, but the industry has just changed so much where everybody is a broadcaster these days. Everybody can supply content. And uh, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing if you're a, a true broadcasting geek. Maggie, do you agree with that? Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, like, such a nerd, and I still do it, and so I'm still so <laughs> in love with it, and I think, like, you know, the conversations I'll have with some of these 30-year vets in LA about where it's going and what's happening, they don't understand podcasting. Mm -hmm, you know, right. they look at me, and they hear that I do this show, and they're like, what the hell for? You know, like, why? <laughs> you know, and it's it's a solid hour of content um, that's edited down. You know, I mean, it's only 50% of the content. Right. Um that I get from our guests. And so they just don't get it. And they're like, why would it be so long? It needs to be, you know, 30 seconds. There's mm -hmm. no attention span. And, you know, it's a, it's just a different conversation and how terrestrial radio, how are they going to stay relevant and how are they going to compete with digital? And I think it's possible, but I think that it's got to change quite a bit. I don't think it can stay the same, you know, where it's like song, song, jock songs we yeah. talk you know i don't think that that format can last forever and i think talk radio might be on to something um important but i i don't know i don't know how i don't know where it's gonna go i don't know and, but and even most of the talk radio like you look at npr mm -hmm. uh, most of the hosts on npr all have podcasts and they're all yeah very successful mm -hmm. themselves which are just longer versions of some of the shows that they do and yep. 
you know, I, I agree with you 100% that that's not how radio is done anymore. And it's kind of sad. You know, yeah. I, I really wish we could go back to a time where, you know, it was live, local, and... Yeah. It's just unfortunate because there's so many rules and laws on streaming right, right now where music you can't play it, you know, unless it's for a quick clip. And so I, I think that there's room for those cultural icons like Mark was talking about back in the 70s where like, listen, I'm into this song and you should hear it because it's great. Yeah. And then they break right. these amazing artists. You can't do that anymore because there's no. research and studies done on and so much marketing done. Um, it's, it's a well-oiled machine that's you know, greasy and nobody really wants it anymore. We've been force fed the same formula for so long and it's got to change. And I, and people want the indie music. We want, you know, this, Mm -hmm. this different, this new sound. And now we're just, I think that's why we're all doing podcasting is because we, we want, we want when we want it. Um, and we think we can provide it, but I don't think that's true. You know, I think that there are some really amazing, God, I wish I could work in small town radio again because that really is where all the fun is and you can sneak in those records and you can go out and do these crazy promotions and these elaborate, like, we're giving away two motorcycles or whatever (laughs) it is. Like, Mm -hmm. there's not this, like, insane legal team that you have to go through to do what you want to do. Not as many hoops to jump through, but... Exactly. I don't know. It's just different. That's just a different game and, you know, the rules are different for everyone except... I don't know. Yeah, I just, I wish that online, that there was a way that you could stream music and introduce, you know, I think that there is room for that kind of, you know, like, hey, this is the all indie show and this is the shit that I think you should be knowing and listening to. And then do the shareable links and the the shareable video clips and um, interviews like that. And Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, the industry is already starting to change globally. We've already seen Norway is the first country to do away with broadcast radio. The wow. government has shut it down because of the popularity of Spotify and iTunes and everything else. Local radio just couldn't survive in that country anymore. Wow. Huh. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Wow, you just like ruined my afternoon. I've got a lot of research <laughs> to do. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Boy, what a great Sunday we're off to. I know. The uh, industry that you love and enjoy is dying. Congratulations. <laughs> Have a great day. Yeah. <laughs> It was always kind of weird, like, um, you know, like the people you would meet that were like, I don't know, like awestruck by meeting you. To me, that was always weird because I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm just me. So, like, what were like your friends and your family, the thoughts that they had about, you know, their spawn or their friend working in that field or like misconceptions they had about the job and, and what you contributed to it? Uh, Mark, I don't know about you, but people are always like, all you do is talk for a living. I could do that. It's like, oh, really? No, 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 so? no. Okay. Why don't you come down and try it and yeah. see what, what happens? <laughs> when I like date somebody new, they're like, can you say my name on the radio? It's oh. like, really? Oh, yes. <laughs> How narcissistic do you have to be for me to say <laughs> your name on the air? Hi, like that Georgia. works really uh, good just to when give you're a like, shout out. yeah, that works really good when you're like 18 or 19. Yeah, you know, and you're trying to impress uh, a young gentleman or female, but uh, yeah. not so much when you're an adult. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Oh my God. Or, oh my God. <laughs> when people are like, I don't even listen to radio. I hate morning radio. Morning zoo. <laughs> and then like, next thing you know, they're like, oh, you got tickets. Can I get tickets to that concert? Yep. You're like, yeah. sugar off. Like, get out of here. <laughs> Everybody wants a handout if they know somebody in radio. I remember the first time I was recognized out in public from radio, you know, yes. which was weird. I was with my co-host at the time and we were out shopping, I think at borders looking for books and magazines and we were just shooting the shit. And all of a sudden someone peeks their head up from the next aisle over. They're like, <laughs> Hey, you're Max Rebo and blues. Aren't you? And I'm like, yeah. Cause I used to go by the radio name blues because that was my nickname all through college. Cause everyone just knew me as the, the blues traveler fan. Cause I got their <laughs> logo tattooed on my arm and oh, there was like crazy. six other marks. So they're just like, everyone just shortened it and just called me blues. So I went with that for a radio name for years, which is really weird because everyone thinks you're playing blues music, but I just ignored that <laughs> fact. Mm-hmm. <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> what was the most like awkward encounter that you guys had like in public with, with somebody that you didn't know, but knew you? Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. Being, Maggie, you probably what, get it a lot in LA, I would think. The people recognize me? Well, yeah, um, that and just like, are there awkward encounters? Well, yeah, of course. I do stand up on the side. And so, you know, anyone can click on the website and look and see where I'm going to be. And so, actually, I just had, there were like five or six listeners that showed up to a show this week, which was awesome. But like, simultaneously super weird i'm like oh my god you can't you spent money like you and time to like be here this is hey (laughs) you know and then all of a sudden you feel like you have to spend time with people yeah you know and i just i got a show to do (laughs) you know like i gotta (laughs) i don't know what to hey how are you (laughs) just i don't know good to see you bye yeah it's like thank you for thank you for coming uh, but then, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I always try and put it on them. I'm like, yeah, who are you? What do you do? Where do you live? Yeah. Uh, where yeah. are you listening? Usually what's your favorite show? You know, like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's like, we hear enough about me every day. I'm boring. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> who are you? But see you being a stand up comedian, you're obviously very comfortable and used to being in front of people myself. You know, I, we always used to say, I, I got the face for radio. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm always comfortable being the, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, but listen to what he says type right. of guy. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So our, I know there's some, I'm sure iHeart's probably pretty strict on it, but Maggie, can you promote your, your stand-up shows like on air? Yeah, I come from a generation of people or a, a like-mind thinking group of folks where we... um <laughs> We ask for forgiveness rather than ask for permission. Yeah. So, nice. yeah. And, the, you know, when we were working together, Bo, that was exactly what I did. I said, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want. And yeah. if I don't like it, well, then at least I did it. And then I can be like, I'm so sorry. You're right. I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. That's how I got out of doing news stories because I I hated having to cut news stories. It just wasn't my thing. So... I got in trouble for it because obviously I didn't ask to do it, but I would use like a different, like funny sign off name for the news every time. And I think the one that was like, uh, I think the one that finally got me called on it was like, Oh gosh, was it, was it Adolf Oliver Bush? (laughs) I think that was it. I think that was the one where it's like, yeah, let's not do that anymore. And I was like, okay, my job is done here. No more news for me. Yeah. So you, so are they cool with you then promoting the stand up gigs? Um, yeah, I mean, no one said anything, so. Yet. Yet. Yeah. 
But oh. then again, we question how often they're listening. So <laughs> I don't know. There's like, there's what's really frustrating is that I work for a station where you have to be a union member. You have to be in the SAG after union. Mm-hmm. And so I am not yet because I do a lot of work on the side that if I became a union member, I'd have to charge a lot more money and it doesn't make sense quite yet to do that. Yeah. So I can, I can, I'm not allowed to talk on the radio. I'm not allowed to, <laughs> um, but I do. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> If the union found out, we could get fined like a lot of money <laughs> for doing that. So that's why we question because nobody says anything. Like I'm on almost every break talking, dude. Whatever I'm saying, like just yeah. the comedian commentator. But um, yeah, so we question. We're like, I don't. We don't think anyone's listening. I think it's just uh, just just saying a bunch of stuff, and you know, hopefully the union doesn't find out. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I mean, do you talk about the podcast on air too? Um, yes, because there's been such a push for streaming right now. And so, um, actually I'm really excited. My boss is listening to it as we speak and hopefully we can chop it down into smaller chunks so that we get credit for the streaming numbers for my podcast. So, yeah. So tell us about the podcast because it's a, to me, it's a very cool concept because it's obviously it's music based and that's, you know, my bread and butter that's what i'm into but you like you said you bring in comedians or you know notable people and and you tell me about the premise of it for people that haven't listened to it yeah so it's called why tune shuffle and um there is such a need for like comedic content right now it's just kind of a bubble boom and so we focused on comedians although we've had content creators producers writers whatever come on and uh, we go through their playlist and they bring in their fave five songs and we talk about why those songs are important to them not the artist not the song particularly but like you know this is the soundtrack to your life so like who were you when the song came out or when mm-hmm. you had it on repeat why did you play that album all the time and people always say they're like it was so hard to pick just five songs it's yeah like, You know, yeah, and we always say, like, everyone is always welcome back on the show because there is so much music, but I think it's just a cool way to get to know someone more personally because you do get not only those heartbreak songs, but the first kiss songs and Mm -hmm. the songs that, like, get you through being bullied or teased at school and what you were like as a kid in school and it's just nice to to be able to get to know some of your favorite up-and-coming stars or even some bigger stars, like... Like, I think Ron Lynch is coming in next week. So oh, wow. I know, I'm just really excited. Um, I found the secret to Hollywood is you just ask and you never know because people yeah. nine times out of 10 say, yes, I'm available. So um, And that's such a unique concept and an interesting way to, to get to know somebody almost intimately because you're sharing a possible emotional link with them. Because yeah. that's, and that's how I am with music is it's not just a, a pleasant something to, to listen to. It's like you said, you remember the experiences you had when you either first heard that song or listened to that song a lot. And to get to know somebody on that level is interesting. And I'm sure it's such a break and a relief from the typical interview style questions that they get day after day. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's fun. It's fun, too. And then you get to know, like, what people are into and and you get exposed. It's just it's been such a wonderful musical education for me a and b it's getting to know these people in such a a close way and they always walk away saying they had so much fun i mean who doesn't have fun talking about themselves for an hour and a half you know and the music (laughs) that they're into and and then uh and i'll admit it selfishly it's been great to not only produce this show and put it out every week but meet these people and be on someone's top of mind when they've got projects coming up and to be a part of that so 
you know, it's a back and forth because I do the same thing and, and do a lot of comedy and sketches and producing shows and stuff like that. So it's just, a f it's, it's been really awesome <laughs> for me personally and professionally. So, so if you were in the, if you were to put yourself in the guest seat, what would be some of your songs that you would choose for Y tune shuffle? Yeah. Um, I get that a lot. So I would put uh, a Foo Fighter song in there for sure. Nice. Um, the Arrhythmics would be in there. Sweet Dreams Are Made of These. Um, Eric Church is a country artist. Yeah. And I love and adore a lot. Um, actually, Blues Traveler would be in there also. Nice. Um, yeah. They, uh, that was like one of the first songs I ever learned how to play on guitar. So, and then probably, oh my God, probably a Madonna song. Definitely a Madonna song. Or rent a musical song. I don't know. Ooh, I don't love know. Rent. It gets hard. So, Mark, if you were in the guest chair on Y-Tune Shuffle, what are some of your top songs you'd bring to the table? You know, geez, I, I don't know if I could do individual songs, but I could do albums. Yeah. That's, okay. Um, there'd be a couple of Blues Traveler albums in there, either Travelers and Thieves or Save His Soul. Um, I'd have to put some Government Mule in there. Um, Hendrix, Axis Bold as Love. Yeah. One of my all-time favorites. Um, Prince's Purple Rain was an yes. album that I had listened to over and over and over growing up. Same with uh, Talking Heads, Stop Making Sense. Wow. And uh, Grateful Dead, Live Without a Net. Great live studio recording of The Dead in its later years. And still an album that I go back to over and over again. It's just music magically. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, that is Mark really awesome. We talked about we talked about Y-Tune Shuffle. Give us give us a recap of, of poop culture. Poop culture, it's uh irreverent and improper improv, I guess <laughs> is the best way to put it. It's uh it's a comedy show that I'm I've been blessed to uh to be a part of, uh hosted by Mr. Rick Mancrush. And he invited me to join the show a little just over a year ago, actually. I was actually just this morning listening to the first few episodes I was on and it was pretty pretty scary. Congratulations, that's great. It's, it's yeah. been over a year, and you know, it's reignited my passion in broadcasting, which mm -hmm. is something I've wanted to do my entire life. I went to school for it. You know, I grew up loving radio, and uh, finally, you know, knocking on the door of forty, I just said, "What the hell? I'm just going to do it and do it my way." <laughs> yeah, so. that's great. So, how did so, you come to get involved on the show then? I was actually looking at launching my own podcast mm -hmm. and I had already uh, recorded, edited and come up with a pilot and everything. And uh, at the time was looking just to network with other podcasters mm -hmm. and uh, came across Rick and he had asked me, well, who do you want to see on our show? I'm like, well, how about you do an interview with Chris Claremont, writer of X-Men and me. So we just got to talking and he, uh, said he happened to be looking for a co-host at the time that knew digital editing. And I told him I was an ex radio guy and we tried it out and it's the show has evolved from then. And I have an absolute blast with it. Great group of guys. I would you agree. Included, you included. Bob. Oh, I'm flattered. Stop. I'm blushing. It's Sunday. I don't blush on Sundays. <laughs> so Maggie, your, uh, your comedy career. Let's talk about that real quick. Um, oh. How did you, did you, is this something you always wanted to do? I know you said that you wanted to, you know, like go to Broadway and, and, and do that kind of thing, but how did you break into comedy? Is it as difficult as it seems on like television shows and things like that? Um, I'm not sure what you're asking. Uh, I'm not either. 
<laughs> I guess, uh, I mean, it, it's got to be. I know. Stand-up is not what I've always wanted to do. It was really just out of anger that I started. <laughs> um, but I did, I moved around a lot as a kid. And so I found that being the funny person helped you make friends. And yeah. so I joined a lot of improv groups everywhere I met, even into adulthood. So I started in high school with comedy sports and then graduated into like Second City and other groups in central Illinois. And did it for years, years and years and years. Uh, made some of my very best friends doing that. A group called the Abe Froman Project. So if you're in Central, uh, Illinois, oh my perfect. god, they're Sausage just King of yes, they're amazing. They're so talented and so funny. Um, but having lived in Champaign, um, the stand-up scene had started growing, and I was curious, mostly because the guys that were running it, I thought were really cute. And um, <laughs> so we would go and like support, and I was like, this is fun, you know, whatever. Um, but having worked in radio for so long, they would ask me to help them market and promote the festival that they had coming to town. I was like, of course, if I get to work side by side, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, well, the festival came and went. It was five days, nine shows, and there were like two or three women on the show. And I was angry. I was like, where are these ladies at? <laughs> you know, like, where's the representation? <laughs> and so having just separated from my husband, I thought, man, I got a lot to say. So... I just signed up for an open mic. I didn't tell anybody. I just yeah. did it. Nobody nice. hated me afterwards. And I was like, <laughs> I guess I'm just going to keep doing this because that was fun. And um, a year later, I was like, I'm going to LA to do it. This is, I'm going to make it. <laughs> so uh, that was an quite an undertaking. And yeah, it is a lot harder than I ever imagined it would be. Oh, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it went from being like just something fun to do, just saying stupid shit with your friends to, <laughs> man, it's competitive. And, yeah. uh, but, you know, it doesn't stop me from doing it, and it still is fun. It just comes with a lot more heartache than I anticipated, but I don't know. <laughs> you it's kind of like radio in that sense where you just do it because you love it and you don't know what else to do. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I, I just haven't had the courage yet to go do stand-up. That's something I've always been interested in doing, but, yeah, nobody wants to see me on stage. That's not true so, at all. That's, <laughs> that's up for debate. If you've ever had like an inkling of an idea that you wanted to try it, just do it. The first one is always the best one. Um, it's the second one that people don't tell you about that's really hard. Because all your friends show up and they're excited for you and they're going to laugh at whatever you say. You get right. the bug and you're like, hell yeah, I'm good at this. <laughs> and then you do the second one and your friends are like, well, we just saw you. you know. And so then you do it in front of real people. And they don't laugh as much as you think they will. And then you're like, oh, man. And so you're always chasing that first high. That's <laughs> like yeah. what it is. Yeah. So, And sometimes you get it and you get those amazing shows. And you're like, hell, yeah, this is why I'm doing it. And then, you know, you just, it keeps you going for a while. And then, I yeah, if you ever had an idea, a thought to do it, just write something down, practice it, time it out. Hopefully it's three to five minutes. And then do, do it on a bit. podcast. Yeah, exactly. Do it in front of your kid. If your kid laughs, you're good. Exactly. Oh, geez. My, my kid's hilarious. He he wants to be a little comedian himself, I think, half the time. That's great. <laughs> you actually, Maggie, you started you started your own like open mic challenge, right? Um, yeah, I did a few things. <laughs> um, so I do an, a weekly open mic in Los Angeles called The Challenge Mic, where it's improv-based, but comedians will take a topic out of a bucket, and they have five minutes to riff, story tell work their crowd work or work it into their own jokes however they want nice um, but it's based off that topic um, and they have five minutes to do that and it's very supportive and warm and prizes again <laughs> all my <laughs> prizes people love winning shit so uh, I just take stuff from the radio station a fellow broadcaster actually 
has wanted to start stand up, and so I invited him to play music in between each comedian. So it is a very well produced show in the sense that audience members come and they can win stuff, and um, so that's fun. And then I am producing a monthly showcase show, so some of my favorites come. Let me just do a 90 minute show of my favorites, and we get all gussied up in our suit and tie and dresses, and it's fun. So, do you wear a suit and tie? I do. No, Good. I wear I wear dresses. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> Please wear a suit and tie to the next one and send us photos. A okay. pantsuit. Yeah, pantsuit. Pant suit. With, the, yeah. with the shoulder pads. Yes, from the Hillary collection, circa <laughs> yes. 1986. <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, uh, Maggie, how do folks find you if they want to either follow your stand-up career or find you um, online for your, your on-air stuff? Where do they go? Yeah, thank you. It's um, MaggieMayfield.com or Maggie Mayfield at Maggie Mayfield everything, but it's M-A-G-G-I Mayfield. So Get that E out of there. I know. Don't I didn't pick it. it. That's mom. No, <laughs> I like it that, that way. Thanks. I do too, but it just makes it complicated. How, what's your email address? <laughs> it didn't go through. There's no E. Uh. <laughs> it's M, not N. <laughs> Maggie. Yeah. M is in man, but I not mean, a man. <laughs> I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. Mark, if people want to follow you or if they want to check out Poop Culture, how do they do that? They can check us out on www.poopculture.com. And I am on the Twitter, and that's at Mark James Poop. And much like Maggie, <laughs> my name isn't spelled right either. It's Mark with a C, M-A-R-C, James yeah. Poop. But Poop is the regular spelling, right? Yeah, poop is the regular okay. spelling. There's no unlot over the O's. <laughs> or- <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully you'll come back because this was, I feel like there's a lot of stuff we didn't even get to, to cover, really. So appreciate you taking some time out of your, your day to spend with me. And we'll uh, we'll keep in touch. We'll do it again sometime. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Bo. Thank you. The Bo Cephas Broadcast. It's 16-inch stainless steel, joint lock, wide scallop gripping edge, barbecue grilling tongs. Get these some bucks on the Amazon.com for the super damn low price of $5.50. Plus free shipping. Jenna writes, my husband needed longer tongs for grilling as his 11-inch tongs were making his hands burn. Well, Jenna, your husband's probably just a big pussy. But like they say, bigger is better. So get these 16-inch and some bitches for your grilling escapades today. 16-inch, stainless steel, joint lock, wide scallop gripping edge, barbecue grilling dogs. We now return to the Bocephus broadcast. That'll just about do it for episode 26 of the Bo Cephas broadcast. A big thank you to Maggie Mayfield and Mark James for joining me today. Also, don't forget to follow Mark and Maggie and their respective shows on social media. Show them some love. Speaking of showing love, thanks to our sponsor, Smirks. If you're like me, you appreciate a quality graphic tee, and Smirks is the place to get them. All kinds of great apparel. If you can't find what you're looking for, shoot them a message and see if they can help you out. Great customer service, great shirts. You'll find it all at Smirks. 
visit smirks.net. That's S-M-Y-R-X.net. Like I said, super excited about this. You can now find the show on Spreaker and YouTube. If you use those to get your podcast, please be sure to subscribe there. And as always, drop your feedback on iTunes if you're listening there. It takes just a few seconds and your feedback is greatly appreciated. And be sure to check out other great shows that are part of the Poop Culture Extended Universe, like the Mockers Podcast, the Boondoggle, and of course, the Poop Culture Podcast. Big guest on Poop Culture this week, too, as well. Brian O'Halloran. You know him as Dante from Clerks and Clerks 2, as well as other Kevin Smith films. He's dropping by the show to chat, so don't miss that. As always, if you've got questions, comments, concerns, hate mail, requests for Freebird, anything like that, shoot an email over to bocephusbroadcast at gmail.com, and I'll be sure to respond with a link to that infamous Chuck Berry video. Don't forget, follow along on social media at facebook.com slash Broadcast. Give us a like over there, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well, at BoBCraft. That's it, kiddos. Join me next week as we roll on towards episode 27 of the Bocephus Broadcast. We'll catch you then. You've been listening to the Bocephus Broadcast. 